0: Today we're gonna continue on in the book of Galatians. We are almost done. It's been going on since January. You know, it's really funny that Galatians is one sermon. You know, it's, it's one, one sermon, it's one reading. This is what people came to the, to the house church to, to hear. This was one admonishment. And, and what we've done is we break it up because there's so much good in it and there's so much for us that we need to understand, that we need to put into context to help us get the message. And sometimes we get lost inside the message. And, uh, and so, this is something that we are working through so that we don't get lost inside the message, so we don't get lost and, and, and take out a verse and say, This is it, and it becomes divorced from the rest of the thought. It's something that we need to actually remember as a whole. And so, I think it takes about Thirty-five minutes to read through the Book of Galatians. It might be something for you to do this week, just to get you through it, and just be like, "Okay, I recall the sermons, I recall the points, and this is how they flow together." and uh, And I would encourage you to do that during our service today. I encourage you also to be on Slack and let's get involved in some discussion. Let's keep on going with the good discussion that we've been having because it's beneficial. We learn as we engage. Holy Spirit speaks through us as we engage. Holy Holy Spirit speaks to us as we engage. So please uh, hit us up on Slack. These are beautiful pictures of kids gardening, and uh, that's really great. So that's happening on Slack. So I, I appreciate that. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, you are already doing great work of encouraging people's hearts today. You know the needs that have been brought before you today in our service. You know, you know the thoughts that have, been, that have been instilled in our children today. You know that our hearts are ready to learn from you, and we know that because we've set aside this time to dedicate our attention to you as much as possible. We dedicate it to you. And so, God, we pray that you would teach us, that you would grow us, that you would develop us, and bring us together as a community of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, toward the end of this letter, which is where we are today, we're going to be in Galatians 5, toward the end of the letter, Paul's bringing together his pieces. He's bringing together, okay, how does this work out? What he said is he said to this new church plant, he said, all right, you are on the road of trusting in the faithfulness of jesus and that's what you did and that's what you're doing but you can't let old ways of thinking come in and completely stifle you you can't let these things that that make you try to feel good enough you can't let that stuff stifle you you've got to put trust in the faithfulness of Jesus, that he who began a good work in you will carry it through. And I know that comes from Philippians, but they just come together so well. And so here he is, he's talking about how do we get, or what, what does life look like once I've put faith in Jesus? And last week we talked about a list of things that, that you know, they're not lists of things that, you know, rules for inclusion, they're things that God does in us. It's not something by which we can judge the level of a person's spirituality, but it's something that that Paul's saying these are the types of things that God removes from us. And what we're getting into today is the things that God puts into us, the things that God invests in us. But once again, this is not part of the law, part of the new law that says, oh, well, you have to produce this, and you can't have this. That's not the system that Paul's setting up here. Paul is saying that God, who is faithful, God, who is capable, God, who is holy and good and just, is actually going to do these things in you. So let's read our text today. Galatians 5, to 26, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another, or envying one another. Ah, yeah, another list. There it is, Pastor Rob. We love lists. We love the do's and the don'ts. We love to have that systemized, this is how it is, because then I can justify myself. I can be like, this is it. I mean, it gives me control. It keeps me safe. It helps me measure success. So when I look at the list that that we looked at last week, I know I'm a successful Christian because I didn't do those things. And then we look at the positive list of things that we see this week, we can say, oh, I know that I'm a successful Christian because I have joy. But it's not like that. It isn't like that, because what we have is we have an expression here of God's faithfulness, of God's work inside of us. We've got that happening, and this is what is true. God is at work inside of us. If you want to undermine the work of Jesus, then use these two pieces of Scripture as a set of rules if you want to undermine the work of jesus then have these as your rules but if you truly want to work and allow jesus to work in you these become outcomes this is what god does and he does it in his time in his way he does it because he loves every human This is what He does. This is living by the Spirit. So, John 15, 5 and 6 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, it's he that bears much fruit. For apart from Me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in Me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The hope that we have of living this positive list, of avoiding the pitfalls of the flesh, it is only by the power of God at work in our hearts. Your willpower is not sufficient, it is unable to get to what God is actually doing in you. I recall a pastor straining one day on the stage, and, and he, was, he was giving an illustration, and he was, he was trying to produce Fruit, you know, he's like, it's so silly imagery, but but it's got a good point. He's trying his hardest to produce joy. And he's just like, joy. There it is. I got it. And you're like, seriously? This hurts my head but it's the way so many Christians live their life. They see these two passages of what you shouldn't do and what should come out of you. They see it as a metric to spiritual success, and then they put pressure on themselves to produce this. And Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. See, fruit on a tree comes out of some, some preset, uh, preconditions for fruit to be produced. John 15 says, abide in me. And for a, pruse, for, for a tree to produce fruit, it has to be old enough to flower. It must not stand alone. These are just botany rules. For a tree to produce fruit, the bees need to be able to do their work. They need to pollinate. The flower. And it has to be the right temperature. Now I want us to just think about this with some correlations in mind. For a person to produce the fruit of the Spirit, they need, to, they need to abide in Jesus. And they need to do it long enough. They need to do it long enough. They need it to be old enough to mature. They need that practice of abiding in Jesus for long enough. They must not stand alone they need to be included in a community of faith we need to be together holy spirit does work there he does so much work and the and the continued inclusion is beneficial you know others pollinate the good ideas and highlight the work of jesus so that you're not alone Has to be a place that is not cold and full of judgmentalism, but it has to be warm These are things that we do We do these things and and as a church that kind of gives us a, a framework But ultimately it's about abiding in jesus the holy spirit continually leads us to one another And we abide in jesus So So how we abide in Jesus or live by the Spirit, anything I offer here is from the testimony of others who have gone before me. It's exemplary rather than instruction. So there's some things that I I want to point out here. Just three of them. We need to give time and space for God to lead you. He's going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in you, but you've got to give time and space for God to lead you. This is how we live by the Spirit. Pray. We've talked about this before, but it serves good reminder. Pray and ask God, where are you transforming me in my life? What area are you growing in my life? Praying for each other does that as well. Put a time in your schedule to hear from God. I think COVID's taught us something. It's taught us something about relationships. It's taught us that if we don't invest in our relationships and make the conscious choice, we will lose our relationships. How many of us have lost friends because we just haven't connected with them for the past 14 months? We used to be able to see them just in the natural course of life and now we don't see them anymore. So out of sight, out of mind and we lose friends. Well, the same thing happens with God. When we don't put that time, a natural course of life to connect with God, to abide in God, to live by the Spirit, we abandon the constant relationship with God and we miss out on so much. How can we produce fruit when we're not even attached, put time in your schedule to hear from God. Journal your thoughts towards God. This is so simple, but honestly, go on Amazon, buy a blank page journal. Mine says, I want to take over the world. And just open it up, or it actually says, plans to take over the world. Open it up and just start journaling your thoughts towards God and then pause and then write in the voice of God change perspectives right here's here's what I'm bringing but God you say to me and just start writing you say to me I am loved you say to me that I will provide for you you say to me that and the promises of God start to flow out and you are connected to holy spirit ask god's advice in all types of situations you know when you sit down and actually focus on hearing god's advice you're going to be surprised at how close those those god you said to me things actually start sounding like scripture because the god who wrote scripture is also the god who lives inside of you he is faithful and he's constant and the same things are going to come out, if you're spending time with Jesus, his voice will be heard by you. You just try it, start writing it down, and then be like, does that sound anything like scripture? Go back to scripture and and see. There'll be some areas you're like, oh, that's not exactly like scripture, but in other areas you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is profound. Because that's what God does. He is at work in us, developing us, changing us. You know, sometimes I wonder if we actually really do believe that God lives in us. Sometimes I feel like we, we think that we have to work the magic behind the veil and, and just make it happen and produce all this stuff on our own. <laughs> but there is an all-powerful God at work in us. I've seen it in so many of your lives. I've seen God transforming your faith, transforming your life. I've seen it, and I know it to be true. The second thing is watch the example of others around you who you trust. You know, we touched on this in Slack a little bit. Pastor Devin was alluding to it in last week's chat, but community helps us all learn what works and what's not working. Community helps us learn kind of these, like, Oh, okay, so, so this is what God says, and it all, again, is affirmed in Scripture. This matters. You know, and, uh, and, and it's really important. Community helps us learn what God is saying. If you don't know Scripture super well, it's okay. I'd encourage you to audiobook it or read it yourself, but also be involved in community. Our community will point you towards Scripture, will point you towards Jesus, will help you define and understand. Even just asking stuff on Slack throughout the week, it's okay. You can do that. So we, we, do, we, we need to do that. I have a couple thoughts coming up on Slack. I'm going to pause for a second, just touch on them. The first one is, uh, is a friend from our church, and he, and he reflects on how this passage brought him to a turning point in his life. The testimony here is that God's faithfulness is seen through Scripture. And it, and it brought him to a turning point at age 16 during, during uh, for him, it was the hippie movement. And, and people were, were seeking and loving and looking for peace. And, and the peace movement didn't offer the powerful personal change. It was only in Jesus that there was love and joy and peace. And this person invited Jesus, the one who had the power to bring change, into their heart, and their life, and it has changed his life for the past 52 years. And another person says that I realize that as extroverted people, you know, we can err on the side of pursuing relationship. You know, we just want to be everybody's friends, and I'm a high-level extrovert as well. But this person says that they've learned to practice, to prioritize relationship, sometimes spending so much time enjoying so many relationships that the the ones that matter most get kind of pushed to the side or spread thin. Both my relationship with God and my most important relationships with my family and closest friends. So it's been good over the past 15 months to focus on quality of relationship. And we've learned stuff about relationship and I thank you for that because that's part of the point. We've learned stuff about relationship to choose what we invest in. And so when we choose to put prioritize our relationship with God, we are abiding in Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit which is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. They come through us. And this is my last point. Listen to the stories of God's faithfulness. Stories like what I just told right here from people in our congregation. We build each other up in our faith as we tell stories of Scripture. We tell stories that God has done something in our life. If we don't have stories to tell each other, If God isn't actually working, then we struggle to connect our understanding of God. It becomes abstract. And how do we apply it in our life? And what's happening? It's through stories where the rubber hits the road. This is what God is doing in us. Invest more time, more effort, into telling stories of God's faithfulness. This is Deuteronomy 6. This is, this is tell it to your children and their children. Remember this story. When we engage with God through these ways, we give space for the Holy Spirit to guide us. When we engage with God through giving time and space to God, watching the example of those around us that we trust, and listening to the stories of God's faithfulness, we give time and space for the Holy Spirit to work in us. And so, this is what we do. It's not easy, but the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit is our guide. You know, it's so nice to think, oh, I could be full of joy. But it doesn't come simply by sitting around and waiting for God to just fill you with joy. We have an active participation in receiving. In receiving God. In receiving what He's doing. Our active participation is to say yes god i am there you'll not be filled with joy if you don't follow the leading of the holy spirit it's all nice to set your time aside it's all nice to do all this stuff but when you follow the leading of the holy spirit you'll be filled with joy and sometimes the leading of the holy spirit is going to push you in a way that you're like i'm not super comfortable with that I don't know if I'm, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm equipped enough for that. And when you follow it, when you just go, okay, well, God, whatever. Whatever, I'll just go do it. I'll go live it out. I'll let the rubber hit the road and see you tell a story through me. Afterwards is so much joy. The rush that comes from doing that, from, from taking that risk of trusting Jesus and following, is joy. It's joy. God develops it in us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control against such Things. There is no law. Let's look at a case study. There's an imaginary person named Vivian. I don't know any Vivians. That's why I chose the name. She hears that the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And the last time Vi- Vivian felt any form of joy was when she let down her inhibitions and she went to the bar. And she felt the feeling of joy. Joy. She was laughing, I mean, albeit aided by the liquids that she was drinking, but she was laughing, and she had the feelings of joy, but when she got home the next day, she was, able to, she was able to laugh about what her and her friends did at the bar, but today she was faced with the same drags on her life and on her experience that she was faced with before going to the bar. It didn't change her story at all. It gave her reprieve. It gave her a moment of vacation. She literally vacated her problems and went and had some fun, and there was nothing particularly wrong with it. You it wasn't the work of the Spirit. It was just something that happened. It's something that, that physiologically, biologically, she felt that that Lifting, the loss of inhibitions, the the forgetting about the problems of the world and just going like, yeah, I can just let loose here. You know, we find this with vacations. When we go on vacations, we can experience joy for a moment. But when the moment passes, reality comes in, washes over us and we're back to where we were and maybe your work has piled up more while you were away on vacation. And you go, why did I bother going on vacation? Because I'm just as stressed as I was before, afterwards, nothing changed in my situation. Vivian hears the news that when you walk by the Spirit, you will have joy. And so Vivian starts to clear her schedule a little and make time to learn about God. And she cuts out the common wasted time before the work day. She happens to be an early riser, but spends a lot of time on social media over breakfast and whatever, and she decides to engage in an early morning online community that focuses on hearing God's voice. She hears God's voice, and it invites her to draw, and draws her closer, and because she continues in that, now she has brought joy, and that joy bleeds into every area of her life. It wasn't a rule that brought her joy. It wasn't a target that she said she had to get to, but it was a reality that she experienced. The fruit of the Spirit can be manufactured, but it won't last. That's why we must rely on the Holy Spirit and the work of God in our life. So somebody asked a really good question. They said, what are the, we have sources of God's direction as I understand it, the Holy Spirit within me and the doctrine history of scripture and the social confirmation of community. How do they work together? Is one more important than the other? What happens, for instance, if all three of them contradict each other? Which should I follow? And in this picture, what we see is brokenness, of church brokenness, of understanding brokenness of communication. We see that that today we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Today we know in part, but then we will be known. Just or we will know just as we are also known. And this is so important. Today we see things brokenly. Is brokenly a word? I think it is. And so today this is what we see. And there are times in our life where it's not crystal clear. This is a great question, by the way. There are times in our life where, where the community is saying, oh, well, we might be doing, we should do this, but my, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying is do this. And what I, what I see that in the Bible is, is do that. And what do I do? Wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait. And God will bring clarity. See, as you continue to wait, as you continue to pray, as you continue to read Scripture, you will see that God's voice rises above the clamor. There will be times when it goes against what the the community of faith says. (laughs) There will be times where you even look at Scripture and go, does this fit? But you wait and you become confident and say, no, I have faith that what i'm doing is god's work. And when we have that faith, when we have that assurance, and we waited for it, we allow god to do his work. Move ahead, do god's work with him. The question came up if following god produces joy, can we safely assume that people who suffer from depression are doing it wrong? No, this is my point exactly. So what we have is we have not ways to to measure are we doing it right or are we doing it better or worse this isn't a list of do's and don'ts this is simply some of the outcomes This isn't like, here's what happens. I know this, last two weeks, I have been experiencing depression, not because of what's in me. I said this already, not because of what's in me, but because of what's outside of me. And I'm experiencing it, and it it threatens joy. And so what do I do with it? I take it to God in prayer. And I say, God, I'm feeling this depression. It's real. I can't just wish it away because I I can't do anything without Christ it's real God what would you do with this what do you do with it I know your promises are true you're faithful you don't let a promise fall to the ground but I still feel depressed and in that when you place it in your hand in front of God you can then say with faith in the faithfulness of Jesus, I know you will make all things right. I know that I put my trust in you. And then again, you wait. You wait on the Lord. I think of Job who experienced great suffering and depression and he waited on the Lord. He was like, I know my Redeemer lives and in the end, he will stand on the earth. And he waited. We don't feel comfortable with that because we want it to all be peachy and nice. But we wait. We wait. We become crucified with Christ. The verse is and those who bring who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So if you recall previous messages, it's not a strange addition to the list, but a fully integral point that's already appeared in Galatians. So I'll refer you back to Galatians 2:20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So how do I follow this? I take my rights. I take what I feel like I deserve. And I literally say, no. I kill that. And I say, I will take what Christ offers. I will follow the way of Christ. I put my rights and my privileges aside, saying I no longer live. I don't fight for my own rights. I don't fight for my privilege. I don't fight for what makes me feel good or to follow my own whims. I say, I'm going to follow Christ. So the admonishment in the end is, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. There is always the temptation to measure ourselves by how much fruit we produce. And here's the simple guide. Acknowledge when your focus turns to yourself the most and bring it back to God acknowledge when we poke at other people's imperfections and bring it back to god acknowledge when we start to feel like others are doing better than us and bring it back to god we'll keep in step with the spirit and be aware that things are cropping up from the natural thing way we do things on our own and when we see it when we compare ourselves to each other and that's not helpful so let us stay connected to God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy Spirit, you work in our hearts. You are the divine creator creating us into your image. We stand humbly Although we want to attain the godliness that is set out for us, we want to strive and to push and to manufacture it and say, See, God, look at what a good job I did. We, we humble ourselves today and we put ourselves in your hand and say, God, what type of good job can you do? Certainly you can do better than what I can do. So take my life, Lord Jesus. I crucify my own intention to become better. (laughs) I give that up for the purpose of following you and let you do your work in me, which will be better than my best intentions could even provide. This is what happens when we allow the real God, the living God, to do His work inside of us because of the faithfulness of Jesus. So Jesus, stir up in our hearts faith that You are on a road moving us towards You. And we pray our blessing on our congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you and have a great week.